Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode of Performance Anxiety Side Project features Corinne Delage from Charisma Agency. We talk about the importance of PR in an artist's life. She talks about how she got started at the age of eight interviewing the Montreal Expos, covering the Grammys, the MTV Music Awards, the Billboard Music Awards by age 13, and having Destiny's Child sing to her over the phone. She discusses the importance of branding, getting the right kind of exposure, and how to keep a client's expectations realistic. She shares some great real-world stories and experiences from over 20 years in the business. Please enjoy this episode of Performance Anxiety Side Projects with Karine Delage. Hey everyone, it's Karen Delage from Charisma Agency. You guys are listening to Performance Anxiety Podcast. Oh yeah, I'm good. <laughs> is it Karen or is it Karine or how do I pronounce your first name? Correctly. Um, well, everyone pretty much says everything, so I give up. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it's Kareen. Kareen. Is that close enough? Yeah, you're good. Okay. <laughs> I was trying to do some research on you, and since you're more behind the scenes than your clients, it's not always the easiest thing to do. But I did find out that you're a Habs fan. I am. I love my Montreal Canadiens. And especially, well, because I'm from Montreal, so obviously. Yeah. And even if I live in Toronto now, um, I would not cheer for the Leafs. No disrespect. Unless they go in the playoffs, I'm still a half girl. It's like a religion in Montreal. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, I, I've heard that. And I'm, I'm new to hockey. I didn't grow up as a hockey fan. Um, mainly, I guess one of the main reasons is because I lived in New Jersey at the time and the Devils were terrible. When I grew up, yeah. So, so I didn't, I didn't really get into it. Uh, but I moved, uh, I moved around a lot, and I, I live in the D.C. area now. And so over the past few years, I've been been watching the Caps, and I really like them. And uh, oh yeah, you think they're gonna? You think they have a chance to repeat the the Stanley Cup this year? I don't know about that. Hopefully, they're they're <laughs> not. I mean, they're not playing. I mean, they're playing better than they were. They were they were in a bit of a slump there for a little while, but. Uh, they got Wilson oh, they back. Were. Yeah, they got, better now. yeah, they got Wilson back and, and, and Ovi's just 
I'm telling you, the, the guy's the guy's ageless. I don't know how he's he's scoring oh, as much as he's amazing. I swear, if if no, you no, 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 he's super good. If you ever, I mean, it would be a nice thing for them to get it twice. I mean, especially <laughs> for Ovi, he he's so talented and he's so deserving. Oh yeah, then that was the Stanley Cup win for years was the one thing that everybody was complaining about. He's got a Hall of Fame career if he can win a, a cup, and everybody had already had said it, it. His time had passed him by, and last year he. Oh, for sure. It was amazing. So if you ever get Ovi as a client, you gotta let me know so I can get him on the show. I will. <laughs> <laughs> so you you started. In, in, I guess, what was it journalism in Quebec at the age of eight? Right. You were Correct. eight? I, yeah, I was eight years old. Um, I started, so basically, I started when I was eight. Um, I decided to call the artist union back home and just start doing interviews with talent. So, in between eight and 13, um, I did over like 200 interviews. Oh my God! And then uh, one of the biggest magazines in Quebec, which is Cesar Magazine, uh, hired me at 13 for like a whole year to have my own column, like my page. Oh so my I was doing interview with talent. How is um, that? How do they do that? How's that legal? <laughs> it's it's legal 13. if your parents are okay with it. <laughs> Man, eight to 13, and you you already accomplished more than I have at 45. Jeez. <laughs> well, I'm 37 now, so it's been, I've been in the industry for, it will be 30 years next year, which is insane. That's crazy. Yeah, no, it really is. Oh and the God. thing, too, is that people tend to forget that, um, cause, okay, let's be honest, like a lot of people in the industry, um, their parents are in it, or they study, or something in those lines. And for me, uh, my parents were not in it. My dad was working in construction. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. And okay. I just decided to do that on my own. Wow. So you didn't have any yeah. connection into the industry. You just took it upon yourself to break into it at the age of eight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Now, I, I remember... Uh, Reading or, or or hearing an interview, and one of your first interviews was uh, some players for the Montreal Expos. Yeah, um, a couple of my first interviews were well, talent in Quebec, of course, but um, I did interviews with Larry Walker, Moises Salu, oh, Dennis uh, Martinez, Mike Lansing, um, met Gary Carter. Oh man. Um, but Moises Salou probably was one of the most interesting ones. I mean, I, when I was a kid, I loved Mike Lansing, too, and Larry Walker was amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah. But Moises Salou was two weeks before he broke his foot. I know it's a long time ago, oh, so people might not remember, yes. but his foot was literally, like, sideways. Yes, was that was disgusting. disgusting. I remember mm-hmm. watching that. <laughs> oh, that was... That was, oh, yeah. Oh, God. Now I'm getting the chills just thinking about it. Ugh. So so yeah. you and I actually now, ha- we now have a connection, though, because the Expos became the Washington Nationals, my yeah. favorite baseball team. They, yeah, they became, and they could have stayed in Montreal if the strike would have not happened in 94. Yeah. Because especially, like, the um, Jeffrey Loria at that time, 
pretty much sold all the big players instead of keeping them, thinking about losing a little bit of money that year. Wasn't there, uh, a, wasn't there an issue where they didn't even have TV rights in Montreal for the Expos for, at, towards the end of their existence? Oh, I would not be surprised because people were not going anymore. People fully lost interest because all the stars were gone. Yeah. So they kind of lost interest on them. Like, we had so many good players that they went to be amazing players in the rest of the leagues, too. Oh, yeah. Like, we had Vladimir Guerrero, which now his son plays for the Jays. Vlad was great. Well, Larry Walker. Larry Walker was amazing on his home. Yeah, that's Um, true. Yeah, and then even Moises Salou went on to play his dad. Felipe was an amazing coach. Yes, that whole um, family, they had Felipe, that Maddie, they had a whole, the whole Alou family, it was like baseball royalty. Oh, hell yeah. It's 100%. Am, it's amazing. So, so those were some of your first interviews for some pretty big they names. Were. That's amazing. I was like, at that point, I was probably 14 or 15. And then I started um, doing interview in like, well, in the half side of things, I I spoke with a lot of the old players like Denis Savard. Oh, wow. Uh, oh, my God. Like, I have blanks just because there's so many. But um, <laughs> And I got lucky enough that a couple of years ago, I did the launch for Jonathan Roy album in, in Canada. Like, first time he came out, that's Patrick Croisson. Well, oh, one of them. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's... So, Man. I pretty much, like, that's like fast forward like a lot just to, because we're talking sports and that night that I was well not just the night like I was with Patrick the entire day but my dad loved some hockey and Patrick was one of the idols oh yeah yeah like Jack Clowns and all the old their player like Patrick was like a dynasty in Montreal oh yeah um, I, I remember Patrick Roy and I wasn't even a big hockey fan at the time he was that's the thing. just a huge name so I was with him all day and his son because we're pushing the album and this and this and this. And I I call my dad and I put put him on the phone with Patrick. Oh wow. And and I think I probably made my dad year or a couple of years. Oh. <laughs> like bonus points on my side. Um <laughs> but it's funny because they were talking about like the playoffs and they were talking about like the new goalie for Montreal. At that point, I think it was Alak. Okay. Like, back in a while ago. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, but that's, like, on the sports side of thing, and I always had, like, an interest with sports. And I used to, um, when I was a kid, I used to compete in swimming. Okay. And I used to be the the geek person that was taping the Olympics and watching the race. <laughs> that, that was my goal. When I was a kid. The Olympics, I, okay. I wanted to go to the Olympics, yeah. As a side joke, which is funny, um, just because we were talking about baseball, I don't know if you remember, and they still have it, but the point card that you fill up, like first base, second base. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. For third base and whatnot. Yeah. So I used to have stack of those because I used to watch, baseball was like this thing with my dad. Like I was on the radio for the first time with the Expo uh, host on TSN. Oh. I, on the French Network, 
And then I used to go watch baseball. Like, they used to give me tickets because I was, like, the little girl in the industry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're, like, literally. 10. <laughs> and I used to go, like, with my dad all the time. It was this thing, like, this bond with my dad. Yeah. Like, everything else. But this was, like, our thing. Oh, that's awesome. So, but I, I actually cried that last game they played. I'm not going to lie here. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was emotional, and I don't think it's only me. A lot of people, I mean, people do want the Expos back, so. Yeah, and who knows? I mean, the way baseball is going, if, if they may be able to expand again, so. Hopefully. That would uh, be dope. I would but, love to yeah. see the Expos back, though. And you Don't take away my Nats, but having the Expos back would be really cool. A lot of people want them back. A lot. <laughs> I, well, that's see, that's good news. If they can keep the groundswell up, they, they may be able to... to Eventually, convince the uh, MLB to bring a, a, a team but, back up there. It, it, I mean, it took like um, what is it, fifty years, almost fifty years to get the, a team back in Washington D.C. So, yeah, but the thing too is that we need a new stadium because the Olympic Stadium is you can't. Ah, yeah. Because of the um, yeah, you can't play there. But I mean, hopefully they would come back. But well, then, yeah, so. If you look at what the Might NFL's have. done, they they've they just they've taken some cruddy old stadiums and stuck the teams in LA in them. So, That's true. <laughs> so that is true. Maybe able to do the same with a baseball team. Oh my god, that is completely true. But yeah, like after the whole uh, sports, so that's when I pretty much just left my love even more for sports. But my first international interview was actually nineteen years ago. Or 20 years ago with 98 degrees and okay. it's funny because up to these days uh jeff is still a good friend and i work with jeff from 98 degrees oh okay wow Man, yeah that's, that's really cool see and that's that's kind of what i i, I like about this sh- the show that i'm doing with you right now is that i've been able to actually create some friendships with some of the with some of the people that i've interviewed and it's it's yeah it's amazing to me that that i'm you know on a Every week, couple weeks or so, I'll get an I'll get a, a message or an email from somebody whose music I've been listening to for twenty, thirty years. Yeah. So it's 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 amazing. That's one of the great perks about doing this. I well, guess. Well, it is because because of them. Um, well, not not because of them, but I when I turned eighteen or no, that's not true. Twenty. Um, I went to I was starting to cover the Billboard Music Award, and I did that for like six years in a row. Oh wow! And I was just literally going there and doing interviews, and I, I made friends, with, which is funny because well, many degrees was there, so obviously, yeah, <laughs> um, they introduced me to people. But then Anthony Hamilton, uh, was a good friend, his manager, and again, that's like a long time ago. But people, because when they see you grow and they see that you're not trying to cut corners and you're actually working hard. They'll try to help you even more. Like, to go back to Anthony, Anthony introduced me, I mean, him and his manager introduced me to Usher, to Neo, to a bunch of people. And then, uh, yeah, no, because I did, when I was there, I was the the Canadian girl that (laughs) everyone's, like, loving because I'm from Canada. Yeah. (laughs) Literally. Yeah. And you're the youngest person there. Exactly. And you know, and I, th- I think the other thing is, if somebody has a good experience 
when they're when they're having an interview, they're more likely to to remember it and more likely to help you out and well, want to talk with you again. Well, that's the thing. Like I did an interview by phone with and with Justin Chow the first time they came to Canada, and wow, um, they yeah they sang on the phone for me. Oh wow. <laughs> Um, oh I don't know where that tape is. It's gone somewhere. But <laughs> um, that's about because, I mean, we all know like those tapes back in the days. Oh, yeah. They're yeah. probably long gone. But <laughs> um, they're somewhere at home. But I do have a video, um, the girls from Destiny Chow, talking about how they love Canada. And even I have little Bow Wow speaking to me in French when he was a child. Really? Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. And I have BB Max singing for me. I have Joe that was singing for me. Cisco. Um, all of that at the Billboard Music Awards. So that's, that's why, like, I know. And that's why, like, all my connection and people tend to forget how I, it's not by, like, by luck. Like, I work so hard for all those connections, basically. That's grown into um, having more than just musicians and, and athletes. You're, you deal with actors and all kinds of people. You have right. uh, relations with brands. now. So tell me a little bit about just uh, PR in general. So uh, like, let's say uh, an actor would have a, he would have an agent, have some management, uh, but yeah. he'll also have a publicist. So what is the difference? What are you doing uh, for an actor that, that let's say, an, an agent or their management wouldn't do? Well, basically what we do, and people tend to forget how important PRs tend to be, um, especially for talent. I mean, brands is brand, but the brand itself, like the product, doesn't talk. Right. So we create its brand. But the only thing is, um, especially for talent, it's important for them to develop their own identity to be able to have like coverage on TV and the newspaper online or everything to be on the red carpet, getting their picture taken to get out there. So the more we get exposure for them, it benefits them on a broader level to get bigger roles or anything. Okay. Also same thing for a brand though, because we need, if you have a new product, and it's a really good product, but you don't get the word out, then nobody will know about it. I know exactly what you're talking about. I might know a podcast or two. Yeah. That, <laughs> that might need a little <laughs> bit of branding help. <laughs> <laughs> but it's hard sometimes because, again, like there's some PR people out there, and well, that's more on the talent side, but they give like bad reputation to some PR. And because of that, there's a gray line and people think that it's only partying and getting people on red carpet, which is not the right. case. Like, you can't, I mean, it, there's some exception that you'll grow and become successful in 24 hours. There is some exception. But in general, you're a talent, you're an athlete, singer, a brand, new product, a designer, anything, um, you have to put work and effort and I say that to people you never you won't unless miracles right which God knows we can do some of those sometimes <laughs> well sometimes you, we're, I'm calling myself miracle workers and people people that would listen to this podcast and knows me would totally laugh at this 
But we put miracles out there. But that being said, I always say it always takes at least three months to see an actual turnaround because people need to start getting to know you and then you build and build and build. Right. Not like day and night. Yeah, it takes, Some, like anything worthwhile, it takes a lot of hard work. Exactly. And people forget that, especially like um, in the day and age of social media. Because people think that because it's on Instagram or anything, it's like instant. Yeah. So it's harder now. I mean, it's, we used to have even more coverage in the past, but now it gets harder because of social media. Like people tend to think it's like beneficial, which it is, mm -hmm. if you use it properly. But then at the end of the day, um, it could hurt your brand or the talent because the quality, it's like you always want to use like quality over quantity and it's becoming like a lot of quantity these days. Yeah. Now, are you finding that the talent is uh, wanting things to be more immediate, their success to be more immediate because of the social media aspect of, of PR now? Well, see, what I could say about that is it depends. It depends where the person is in his life, in okay. his mind, and in his work, and how the people, how they perceive themselves. And the reason why I'm saying that is you can't, if, okay, let's say you, you just started or you haven't had a team show yet. Yes, you've been doing your craft for a long time, but you just book a major show, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. You can't compare to yourself, someone that's on fifth season of it certain TV show. Right, right. Because your visibility towards people in the media, even though your social media might be over 15,000 or whatnot, the visibility in the media is not there yet. Okay, okay. That makes because you might have a lot of followers, but it's hard to... Because that, that actually happened often. Like, I'll have like a sub A, B tier artist and someone who's new will expect to have coverage on those big national TV shows, which I'm not saying it's not going to work. It will eventually, but you need to put the work in. Right. So that's why I like social media is good and bad in the sense that people see that. So and still get an interview, example, with Young Hollywood. So and still get an, like an article in Billboard in Variety or Vogue or whatever. Right is great but the person the other person that sees that and wants that might not be directly at the same level yet okay how did you make the transition from a 13 14 year old journalist <laughs> to public relations right well when i um the first thing i did back home in montreal probably 22 years ago. <laughs> I was like trying to say another way, but anyways, probably when I was 18, 19, 20, um, I was, I did like this, pretty much when I was 20, 21, sorry. I did this um, 24 hours fashion challenge with Finesse, the shampoo company. Okay. And so basically designer were mixed with stylists and photographers and stuff and they had to create like a look and put it on the runway 24 hours later. Oh, wow. 
So I had like I did like the media for them, and I was new. Like I never done that before, but someone believed in me, and it went actually really well. Like it, and then that kind of started triggering um, the other part that I wanted to the other side of things. Especially when I was seeing like people on the red carpet and how they interact with people to have the artist talked about or whatever. Okay. And then after that, um, I moved to Toronto like 16 years ago. Um, I started working at a little record label. Okay. And at the same time, I was also um, going to school in entertainment business, okay. which I never ended up finishing. Oh, <laughs> um, but the point, the point of what I'm saying is that I literally, um, learn everything on my own. Okay. Um, nobody really teach me how, well, to write, well, no, actually no, because I learned how to write a press release at a PR firm that I worked for two years and that was working with a lot of talents back in the days. Okay. Like, I learned everything on my own. Like, I didn't. And see, but that's, that's for some people. Some people are better at school. And some people will learn on their own faster. Yeah. Because it's a passion for them. Yeah. And I think that, uh, for me, it was like, not just a passion, but I really, really have potential, I guess, to be in that world. Okay. But, yeah, I just. Yeah, that's how I started, and then I start working. Well, seven years ago, I worked for a big PR firm in Toronto. That was just doing branding. Well, not branding, but working with brands. Okay. And uh, I was the only one allowed to still do some work on my own on the French Quebec market. Oh, really? And that that's really rare because if you get if people don't know. Um, when you do PR and you work for a PR firm, you're not allowed to have your own stuff going. Okay. Um, because just because it's conflict. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. But because of, I had like they knew my strength in the Quebec market and they needed me, so I was allowed. I had some free pass basically. <laughs> but and then they let me go um, when you're junior at a PR firm as well. You tend to, if someone make a mistake on the higher level, junior goes first. Right. Junior right. stays. Little but man on the totem pole. Job, but that's, right. But that's pretty much in any industry. Yeah. Um, but anyways, um, that kind of gave me a kick in the butt because I wanted to, I wanted to leave, um, and just start my own thing. But you all know when you have a nine to five, like you have insurance, this and this. You're not going to leave. No, you got stability. Even though you want to. Right. So, and going to like the non-stability yeah. is really scary. Yeah. I've so anyways, done that I myself. think I, see, but that's what I'm saying. So I think I cried for like maybe five minutes and then I was good. Then I'm like, you know what? This is what I wanted. This is what I always want to do. That's it. And so that's like six years ago. And okay. Yeah, I'm on. I've been on my own. And how difficult was it for you to start gaining clients? Uh, was it something you were able to, to do immediately, or did it take a little bit of time? See, but that's the thing because I already had some. Uh, because of what you're doing on the side, okay. 
Well, that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. And because, exactly because of what I'm doing on the side. So I already had like two or three. And then I just like started working really hard to get more. And you've been working so hard that you've been named uh, in the top 40 under 40 for in, in your business. Yeah, correct, for the past two years. That's fantastic. Is there is there like a top 40 actually, over 40? I, I don't know. Because I want to go for that one. I want to go for that one. I'm like, I'm getting close to the 40. <laughs> um, but... Um, yeah, and actually, we, um, which is funny, I got another award this year um, with a client of mine, Canada Sound, and Canada Sound is like this album we did for the 150th anniversary of Canada. Oh, really? With a bunch of Canadian artists. So basically what it was, um, there was a website that people could uh, provide the sound that they like, their favorite Canadian sound. And artists were creating a song with oh, those wow. sounds. That's really so wild. At the one of the marketing, actually advertising awards in New York this past year, we won um, a silver right in front of Drake. Oh wow! Yeah, Drake finished third. We finished first. Oh. It's hilarious <laughs> because that's probably the only time in my life. I can't say that I beat Drake on something. <laughs> and shout out to Drake. Drake, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Drake, if you're listening, you know, we still love you. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> I love Drake. I don't, maybe we should send this to him. or I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I have no connection with him whatsoever. So. <laughs> um, so now how do you get clients? Is it some, is it a you pursuing them or do they come to you or is it a mix? Um. I think, well, it all depends because um, some was, I've been like in, I could touch some wood somewhere, but um, because people see the result, um, I've been lucky that people come to me these days. But that's not, that's what's like a lot of work behind. Like it's not me sitting around and waiting for those clients. And I'm even then, I always pitch for different clients as well. But... I've been, especially, like, I got, like, a, this year has been a big boost for me in the state. Oh, okay. How so? Yeah. It's been really good because I've been doing, like, getting, like, a lot of big interviews in the state. Um, really? Like, crazy like, good coverage. But like this show, like this podcast. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but it's been like, <laughs> but it's been good. So shout out to everybody that I've been supporting, and my talents in the states are just amazing people too. So, so how does I mean it, in Canada too? <laughs> yeah, we can't forget that. I'm gonna just my Canadian <laughs> people, but yeah, <laughs> oh, we won't. I won't let you do that. I've had some really awesome Canadian people on here, so I'm, I won't let you do that. So. I love my Canadian clients. So, what's what is a typical day or week for you? Uh, you know what? There's not any typical. And it's funny because I actually said that to another interview this week, how one of the reasons why I love what I do is that you can't say you have a typical week or day or there is no typical schedule. 
Okay. Because it's always different day by day. You can be like, oh, well, the only thing that's similar is that I go to the gym <laughs> pretty much every day, and I wake up and I eat. But um, and I'm saying this, and if my trainer listens to this, he full on know that since I've been traveling in the past two weeks, I haven't done that. Yes. But <laughs> that, um, but in all fairness. And everyone knows this. I um, I go to the gym pretty much every day except like one day a week. So, Man. but yeah, except that. Um, but that oh, and the gym is pretty much the only thing that keeps me sane sometimes. You know, I can understand <laughs> that because I. In, in doing some of these interviews, and, and I, I was able to actually interview one other person in PR, and between the two, talking to the two of you, your schedule's got to be crazy. I, I can only well, imagine. You know, but that's, and that goes back to like the gray line and the people that don't understand the industry, uh, and or do. But um, we, I mean, I'll talk for myself, but I know a lot of people like that too. Um, it's 24 7 because you don't know what's going to happen. Like you might have to, it might be time in the morning, but you have to turn something around because there's a crisis somewhere. And that goes back to the reason why I love what I do. Um, it's because any day, like not one day will be the same. Okay. Yeah, okay. Of course, you'll be in front of your laptop and saying, you know, or your phone or doing interviews or this and this and this, but there's not one day that's going to be the same. Because you never really pitch the same story. Especially if you have a couple of clients, you you won't talk to the same journalist every day. Okay. Unless you really need to speak to that person. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I think it's just like the different things that I do all the time that makes it exciting. And sometimes we all have a moment that we want to be are tired of it. But I will never quit. That's my point. Like, well, I love what I do. Well, you mentioned crises, and I want to yeah. I want to throw a, a, a hypothetical situation at you. It'll now it'll be hypothetical to you, but it actually happened here uh, during the Stanley Cup Finals. Oh, so one of the biggest uh, players who's now a free agent, but he was he was the biggest player for the Nationals, Bryce Harper. He plays yeah. he plays outfield for the Nationals. He's from Las Vegas. During the Stanley Cup Finals with the Washington Nationals versus the Las, Ve- uh, the Las Vegas Golden Knights, Bryce Harper wore a Golden Knights jersey to, the, to the, uh, one of the games that he attended. And he caught unreal amounts of flack in the D.C. area for that because the, the expectation is, you know, you play for uh, a Washington team, you support all the Washington teams. How how would a publicist handle something like that? In all fairness, I get the Washington connection, but it's not like he plays for the Capitals. Right. And, I mean, you're allowed to be a fan of the minor city. So would you so, have... Would you, would you have had him say anything or just ch- just kind of ride it out and, and just let I, it die down on its own? I would I would wait to die down a little bit okay. and not post any statement anywhere, but then I would just be like, I apologize if I offended some people, <laughs> but at the end of the day, he's a human being. He's not obligated to share for the national. I mean, sorry, the capital. 
Yeah. All right. See that I like that answer because that that's that was the approach that I kind of figured. Knowing he, you know he he's going to cheer for his home team. You know, I mean, I, I well, that's I, the thing. Like he doesn't need to cheer for whichever team. He's allowed to cheer for whoever. Exactly. But again, that goes back to what I was saying though about the social media. Yeah, because people think that they're allowed to judge people, even then, even though they are totally in their own like vibe of doing their own thing. Exactly, exactly. He's allowed to have his own likes and dislikes. He doesn't have to have. He doesn't have to like every team from in the metropolitan area for the team he plays with. So, all right. No, exactly. Excellent. All right. All right. I like. And especially I like, like that. that goes back to something like. Um, yeah, well, that's the thing, and it's funny because last, well, two weeks ago when I was in New York, I was on a panel with the editor of Essence Magazine, and one of the editors, and another journalist from MTV, and we were, it was like, talking about entertainment news and stuff, but also about social media and about how kids should have a social media 101, not just that though, but communication 101, to just go back to basic of what's communication. Okay, yeah. That's the, it just goes back to what you were saying about him wearing the jersey. Yeah, yeah. And, it, you know, maybe, I, I don't know. I'm not a PR expert, so. <laughs> but now, so, with with some of your clients, do you notice, is, is there any difference between your clients that are more, more popular in, in Canada as opposed to the ones in, in America? Is there, is there a difference in how you market Canadian-based clients to U.S.-based clients? Well, the market is different. You guys have a star system, and Canada doesn't really have a star system. That being said, Quebec does, with their Quebec talent. Um, the way of talking to journalists here and in the States is different. Um, okay. Not just in the states and general, but by city. Like you wouldn't talk to someone in New York the same way as you talk to someone in LA. Right. Oh, like it's all like at the end of the day, it's all like a social, not a social, but a mind game, I guess. Okay. And it's just like about how to speak to different people, but you can't. You can't pitch. What I keep saying is that you can't pitch the same pitch to. From a U.S. client to a Canadian, to a Canadian media and or to a U.S. U.S. needs to be a more, a little bit more sensational. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I won't disagree. Real. But, um, but in Canada, you don't have to be as much, especially in known that, but if you're a U.S. person and you're coming to Canada, uh, you always have an advantage on, and, and if you're a talent, you always have a little advantage on, the Canadian people. Okay. That's how it is. Okay. Have Have you ever turned a, a client down or refused to work with anybody? Uh, see, here's the thing. Like, the, whoever works with me needs to have, like, the same kind of mentality, and I need to really believe in them. Okay. Um, if you're not on the same page as me or the mentality of how it works, and I'll feel it and again touching wood somewhere. Um it's one of those things that I've been lucky enough that whoever I've been not attracted to, but you know like the chemistry. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, between me and my clients, and brands or talents or athletes or whatnot, um, it's always been just good chemistry that everyone at the end of the day on Team Charisma, um, everyone supports each other. So people will follow each other on social media and like everyone's posts and make sure we attend events together as much as possible because obviously I'm not in LA and I have supposed talent in LA, but also um, same thing for Canada. Like in Toronto, my talents tend to go to events all together and take pictures and social media together. <laughs> so basically, it just needs to be like this family vibe, I guess. And again, like it needs to be in my value. So if not, then would that be I'll one of the... Part. Would that be one of the benefits of, of somebody going with uh, Charisma over a, a larger PR firm, the the more of a family feel that you guys have? Well, it, you know what? It all depends on the people. Because if you like the whole family vibe, the whole, like, it's a crew, it's, like, more personal vibe. And the work gets done and there's coverage that goes out and whatnot nonstop, literally. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, just for a couple of my clients, um, Felicia George, as an example, who's like the Bob Slade bronze medal winner for Canada. Um, we got tons of coverage for her this year alone. Uh, Carl Wolf, same thing. London Brown for me, Steel Baller, it's Reggie. Yeah, yeah. Um, we started working together back in July, and we've done since then, he's, he's grown so much. And, it, and the cool thing is that. I'm saying that out of those three, but I have a couple other um, examples. But what I like is that on top of me getting coverage for them, they grow out of it, but I grow as well. Oh, good. So that's like really important for me too. So- like Pete, um, Pete Carlo, Broderick, and London all give me the opportunity this year get crazy coverage like in the big magazine in the States and at the beginning of the year I wasn't um, I didn't have all those really good contact in the magazine and okay. now I do <laughs> and now like I, sp- I speak to them I get coverage and everything on another daily basis because I don't need it but you know <laughs> so, it, it so because of-, of them I grow a lot so that's what I like. Like I just like when everyone grows out of it, basically. So most of your clients uh, are creative types, you know, musicians, actors, right. athletes. Have you ever had a client from an industry that you didn't really expect? Uh, so, you know, some some type of um, I don't know, somebody from from industry or or a politician or something like that. Um, I, again, that goes back to what I'm saying about like how I like challenge and I like when my day are not the same. Um, because, see, here's the thing, because I always see the bigger pictures. Okay. So, as much as a chef, for example, might not always be my number one go-to as a client. Right. I'll still take him on because I'll st- I still have the contact for it. But I see a bigger picture. If one of my other talents like cooking, then there could be like a cooking interview that they could combine together. Like, okay. and that's please with a, like a boxing studio. Then we could do something interesting for a co- piece of coverage, which will benefit both. So I always try to find mix and match. And 
even like real estate people or why well, have like technology people now, but I just don't limit myself unless it's something that I really don't see a fit, basically. Have you ever been starstruck by any of your own clients? No. And the reason why is because I started young. And I mean, don't get me wrong, there's some of my talents that, like, for example, like, my more like 98 degrees or well not 98 degrees I don't technically work with them but I work with Jeff but, like I worked with Ember Rose I worked with Will Smith oh wow Carol Owens I've done something with um I I tend to not get starstruck because I treat those people like normal people okay that's... um and we all have our highs and lows right and you need to and I guess that's one of the big things when you do PR, you need to level it up and bring it back to reality as much as possible. Because, yeah, they are like, they could be at the top. And Wilson is like a prime example. He's just simply amazing. And because of Will, actually, because of Will Smith and his people, uh, when he came to Montreal and I took care of them during Fashion Week a couple of years ago, because of his people, that's how I met. They introduced me to Amber Rose. Oh, okay. Because of his people, I went to an event at Neil's house during the Grammys five, wow. four, four five years ago. Oh, my gosh. And it's just, yeah, four years ago. Anyways, but that's because of him. Well, that, that party that I met, Tweet from Next, the music group, and oh. that I met um, Carol Owens. Man. So that's something like, I think it's just like when you have a good aura or something, it's just going to bring the right people. Yeah. Yeah. I would definitely agree so, with that. Yeah. So yeah, no, I don't, I tend to just act normal and make sure whoever I work with acts the same way. Now, one of the, the, the last things that I wanted to ask you was a, a little bit more about what you do um you're what's called a, a full service pr you say what what does that actually mean for someone who might not like me i guess who doesn't who doesn't know all the uh, yeah. ins and outs well we pretty much babysit we <laughs> also work we do everything and we're miracle workers um <laughs> <laughs> no but in reality i mean all of those three are real but um what we do is we make sure that um, we get positive coverage about her brands, her clients, and we also make sure that we do we write press release, we bring talent to events. We, I mean, I organize events too. Okay. I do gifting to it. I do pretty much literally everything. <laughs> Sounds like it. There's not really the only thing I don't really do um, is pretty much like graphic design type of things or creating invites, but then again, I have a friend that always helps me in business. So. Okay. And I do, I mean, I do translation too, just because I have to, because I'm, it's in between um, the French market and English. So. Right, right, right. What, what's one of the weirdest things, one of the weirdest experiences you've had in PR? Uh, something, something maybe behind the scenes that was weird. That's some some kind of unusual situation then that may have happened that you can share with us. Uh, 
there's always going to be a couple of weird ones, but um. And you don't have to. You don't have to give names. You can. You can just say yeah, that you had a client. Okay. Well, that particular here during the NBA All Star, I was working on a certain event with a certain artist, and nobody was. Again, it goes back to communication one on one, though. <laughs> and, and I almost quit PR after that, which I, I, <laughs> I would have not done, but I was <laughs> at that point. So that particular client, um, they kept, I mean, the management threw me under the bus with a journalist saying that, uh, saying a couple of things. Anyways, bottom line is it, it became a really weird and messy situation. Okay. That I'm not going to go into detail. But it's actually funny because I ended up going to that artist concert in L.A. before leaving L.A. earlier this week. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. So, which is cool. It's not, I mean, at the end of the day, it's not, I don't think it's the artist himself um, because me and him never actually spoke. It was the management that, it was just misorganized and people didn't know what they were doing, basically. Because ah. they didn't tell me that they had another PR person for an event for two other events they had two other different PR people oh jeez so it became like this really big messy nonsense situation so communication 101 well that's it <laughs> and quite frankly it would save so many problems not just in PR but in general just just you know talk yeah exactly it's one second then Instead of jumping to conclusion, I'm I'm really thrilled to have to have had you on, and uh, if I can ever get to the point where I can get some PR, I'll definitely be contacting you. I got to figure out how to get more people listening to this to this podcast. So one of these days, I'm hoping hey, I can I, mean- <laughs> I can actually be, you know work with you a little bit more than just requesting you know interviews from you. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> Well, I'm always open to like good advice too. So, well, I, actually, I've done. I did that in my Uber ride. One of my Uber rides in LA last week. Uh, this kid was like, is in the music industry, or is getting a little bit more involved in the music industry. And we had this long talk, and I'm like, hey, you know, if you need advice or anything, just let me know. And I, that's one thing. And I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not doing it all the time, but. Sometimes I'm like, you know what? If you need help, I'm here. <laughs> now, how can people follow your agency and, uh, and and see what your clients are up to? Who your clients are, first of all. Um, yeah. And and see. Well, my website. Um, we're relaunching the website, so it's going to be launched on January 10th. Perfect. Um. So that's that, and it's www.kary zmaagency.com so double A's okay. if not uh, they could follow me at Charisma Agency on Instagram and yeah I mean I'm pretty much everywhere even if you type my name you'll find me somewhere oh, oh fantastic well do you have maybe a, a, a movie from a client or something a TV show coming out that, that you want people to know about um, uh, well mine is my website uh, all my clients are like actively on shows and stuff. So, you guys, if you watch HBO Ballers, 
um, with Dwayne De Rock. Two of my clients are on this. So I have London Brown, who's Reggie on the show, and I have Carl McDowell, who's TTV on the show. Love this. Uh, who's like the best friend of John David Washington. And then I also have Eric Lopez, who's on, it's now the last season of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. He has to turn in and watch that. And then on my Canadian side of kids, I have Carl Wolf, who's an amazing international singer that he's been working with me for like the past 10 years. Oh, wow. That says a lot. Oh, well, and the thing too is like, he's like my big brother, (laughs) even though we're the same, pretty much the same age. (laughs) But like this nagging like sister, uh, brother (laughs) relationship. No, but it's like family and he's so much show. So we've been it's like with friends too. So. Oh, that's awesome! That's fantastic. Well, yeah, uh, Karen, thank you so much for coming on, spending some time with me tonight. It was really eye-opening to learn a lot about PR and and what you have to go through to help people stay in the public eye. It's it's fascinating. Exactly. No, for sure. And it's funny because I had this talk with like another um, PR girl in LA, and we were joking about how we should do um, a TV show. <laughs> hey, that's as a behind the scenes PR, but as a documentary, go. not reality show. Hey, <laughs> that, you know what? That sounds really interesting. I mean, from just our short little talk here, I'm really intrigued. I, I would love, I would love to, love to follow you around for a couple of days just to see what goes on and all the. That's uh, what I'm saying because people don't see the behind the scenes and they see us event partying or they see us like they just think that we're just answering emails and stuff but there's so much more to it well you've just shown a little tiny light on it on this show and it's amazing so thank you so much for coming on with me i really do appreciate it all right thanks for having me oh it's all my pleasure It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.